0: The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family.
1: Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. With our SNP microarray technology, we can unlock the secrets hidden in your dog's genetic code you can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com today to get free shipping and save on your dog DNA test. That's EmbarkVet.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to another special edition of Two Mr. P's in a Podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P., And we are back for another one of our chinwag sessions and we are delighted to welcome the author of the books such as the Who Let the Gods Out series, Rosie Harker, Nosy Parker and The Exploding Life of Scarlet Fife. It is none other than Maz Evans. Welcome Maz, how are you doing?
3: I am very well indeed. I was a little concerned for a moment there because she went, We're meeting the or, and I thought you were going to say, the awful Maz Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to do a damning expose and yeah. show you all. Uh, by the way, just lost style points because you missed out by Spy license to chill. So, oh, uh, sorry. I'm going to- I'm sorry, I'm going
2: to Piers Morgan this interview. I'm walking off. That, that's and, my you know, bad. That's my bad. bad. Do you know what? Normally,
0: normally it takes a good few uh, takes to get the introduction right. I thought you did really well there, but now you've, <laughs> now you've missed out a book. No. I'm, looking, I'm looking like the better Mr. Pete at, at the start. You're definitely exactly
3: la- my favorite. Without
2: <laughs> the last author we had on, we had uh, Frank Cottrell Boyce. Is he? Well, him. yeah. and... and, and he, I mispronounced his name in the intro, and that was it, blacklisted <laughs> then. So I was really, really proud of myself that I got through that little intro. Because I'm not going to lie do. to you, I'm absolutely shattered. And then, yeah, I've missed <laughs> what, out what one you of the
3: books. day? Why? Why on earth would you be tired? I mean, you're a teacher, it's not like... <laughs> well,
2: I'd say that I'm actually on half term, still. So <laughs> I really don't have an excuse. But I've only <laughs> just come back, I've just come back from my mum and dad's caravan in North Wales.
4: Nice. So, nice.
2: you know, it's been lovely and the weather's been nice, but my mum and dad have just popped by and I was like, how how do you sleep in that caravan? Because <laughs> honestly, the light, the it's heat. A
3: caravan. <laughs> and, the, and, the, yeah,
2: and the seagulls, they are just the worst.
3: I have the same thing. I live down in Dorset and um, I have the dawn chorus, which everyone thinks is a really lovely, beautiful thing. And I just at five o'clock in the morning went, shut up! Yeah, out the yeah. I, like can't bear it when you got
2: that like, magpie. Not for me. Like,
3: oh, isn't it been lovely to be in nature. I'm like, yeah. After seven o'clock, I'll be in nature <laughs> as much as you like. Till then, yeah. can it magpie?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I much, I much prefer pigeons to seagulls. Pigeon, really? oh, just, just the noise thing. they make.
0: That's what,
4: true. What, what
2: kind of, what kind of noise does a
0: pigeon make? Because, because like there was a bird that lived outside my bedroom when I was growing up, and it used to go. Cuckoo cuckoo, like that. What would that have been? That's a pigeon. That's
3: probably blackbird. Yeah. Or, or a uh, blackbird. Or, uh, the, a cuckoo. You it, are, it you're it. seriously asking what bird makes the noise cuckoo? Are we <laughs> are, are you actually It's <laughs> that no, an actual it, question? It, I know, yeah, you, and I'm, well. oh, I'm not
0: sure. I'm not on half term anymore, which explains the cuckoo <laughs> vibes. <laughs> um, <laughs>
3: You've just gone completely
0: cooking. It, I, I, do you know what? When I was saying that, I thought <laughs> it didn't even, it didn't even enter my head cooking. That's <laughs> all. It's <laughs> like kind of thing like, what's that really like, you know, fluffy white animal at bars. I just, I, <laughs> I'm quite sure about it.
3: I sha not ask which year group you teach, but I think a stint in early years would do you no end of good. Go, yeah, yeah. down to they'll, they'll square you up immediately.
2: Our, our tagline with this podcast is it's the educational podcast where you don't actually learn anything, and straight off the bat, we've just proven why, because we don't know like anything. It's
3: like an episode of Spring Watch, isn't it, here? like yeah. Every day school days. Well, I've learned a lot, a lot.
2: <laughs> um, so we do always start these interviews by just asking how the past year, well, it's past year and a half now, has been treating you. I mean, we'll probably be still asking that question. You know, how's the past five years been treating you? By the time yeah, we actually okay. eventually get out of it,
3: isn't it? I've just cancelled this very first world problem, but I've just cancelled our family holiday for the fifth time because oh, when no. I booked it last last year, thinking, ah, oh, August 2021, that'll be. Oh. <laughs> That's been like the, the war isn't it it'll all be over by christmas um yeah but i have to say i mean it's been a really sort of mixed mixed blessings for me because yeah. um prior to the, the coronavirus i was all over the place all the time I was I was on the road a lot I was doing school visits all the time which is great but I do have the small matter of four children and right. um, wasn't seeing a lot of them this year has certainly corrected that uh, <laughs> we've, we've certainly seen plenty I mean you can't have too much of a good thing It in yeah, terms yeah. doing you know, two massive stints of homeschooling uh, I think we're all you know, quite happy to, to be back at school but the one thing it's really allowed me to do has been to do loads of writing so I've actually yeah. written six books books <laughs> in the past year. Wow, what else six. Are you do? Uh, six books. Yeah, I mean, none of them are any good, but I mean, but there's just quite a lot. Yeah,
2: but still, just the volume there—six books. <laughs> I mean, I
3: can churn it
2: out. We've time we've time. just about managed one between us. <laughs> and to be fair, a lot of that was written before before you're lockdown. But what,
0: but what a book! What are still,
3: do, still doing anim- rudimentary animal sounds, so you know, <laughs> yeah. Aes yeah. well, hey, the apple. It's
0: called yeah, exactly. uh, It's called Birds no. of Prey by the 2 <laughs> Mr. Peers. <Pierce.
3: laughs> <laughs> Who's outside my window by Mr. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's been a great thing. But, like everybody, it's been tough. i mean particularly this last in was horrific. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to write books. Yeah. My productivity with all the kids at home, homeschooling, and trying to write books was not tremendous because actually, um, my partner has a job that he has been able to do throughout the pandemic. So, I couldn't right. even pass some of it off onto him. It's just been me and the kids. So, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it has maybe, you know, like us sort all, of count your blessings and the things we all took so much for granted. I mean, when I had a cold glass of r- Ribena uh, at a public house uh, a few weeks ago, you go, oh, simple pleasures, man. We've, <laughs> we've all missed them, haven't we? Oh, and, uh, and I am indeed going uh, on a caravan holiday in the summer. Not nice. quite Sicily, but, you know, Derby is the Sicily of the, of the north, isn't it? So, you know, it'll be fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's been a mixed blessing, but one that's given me a lot of time, I think, for of reflection and, and how to perhaps do and be a bit better going forward.
2: Can we make the inference here that those six books have been a way of you not having to do the homeschooling? Is that, was that the way <laughs> just sort of like, um, right, I can either say I've got to write a book or sit there yeah. doing some spag. My, I'll go my... and write another book
3: yeah i mean my career is basically an excuse to get me off doing most things so, so yeah i'm really sorry i would love to load the dishwasher but you know i've got like hundreds of thousands but think of the children you know i can't <laughs> possibly disappoint them all unfortunately because my partner has a proper job and he's a health professional he right. wasn't here so that one didn't really fly because yeah, yeah. Oh, but I've got, to, I've got to write entertaining literature he's like i literally have to go and heal people you know <laughs> i win yeah <laughs> i see you <laughs> I see your fantastical plot structure uh, but I'm actually going to go make people well so oh. I'm going to leave this house now so uh, no that didn't work at all but it did mean the kids and I sort of had to come to some very strict kind of Wi-Fi Zoom kind of you know, quiet zone boundaries but Mike is my youngest is in year six so right. I wasn't quite in the vortex that other people were and I've so the kids were amazing over Ah there. right
2: so your children are a little bit older then? Yeah. I, know, I, don't
3: it. I know Mr P I know what you're thinking how can that youthful 24 year old woman i've had four kids but
2: yeah. hey i'm i'm not i mean i'm surprised i am i genuinely <laughs> surprised when you say that
3: I, I actually think you might be my favorite now i was really yeah. quite like your brother when this first started but you have pulled it back but Sp- I mean, yeah you completely overlooked a whole chapter of my career i, I would say <laughs> a simple basic lying flattery every time so well done well done Mr.
2: oh thank you very much uh yeah, yeah so so how old are your children then
3: So they are 10 and they are 12 and they are 14 and they are 21. So 21 wow. uh, year old blessing trying to go to university, but that uh, didn't work. And then the others are all, yes, yeah, so I've got one at second, uh, two at secondary and one at still at primary. So, uh, but there's only so many, ma'am, can you put some more toner in the printer? Ma'am, the Wi-Fi is buffering, ma'am. It's, it's strange, I don't think Shakespeare had that vibe when he was trying no. to create something. So uh, we had to have an exclusion zone. They did their schoolwork. And then two to four was what we called the shut up hours. And uh, unless the house was actually physically on fire, they were not allowed to come and interrupt me. And we sort of found a way around it. Yeah, it's, uh, yes, got got there. And then, how's it been for you guys more to the point? Because you educators are heroic. I mean, I, I don't know how you've done what you've done over the past year in the circumstances you've had. To I mean,
2: I'm not going to take I'm not, not going to take, take any credit. I mean, I was uh, I had to shield first of all. So at the first lockdown, I was working from home anyway. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I've never been more proud to call myself a teacher through the way way our profession has stepped up. It's been unbelievable.
3: I mean, I've always, because I think because I spend a lot of time in schools, you know, but I was in schools, you know, between one and four days a week. So when you see, I was out my parents, I've seen schools from the school gate. But yeah. when you see what happens when yeah, the school day closes, and I have friends who, I really must go and discuss Fabian's reading level with the teacher. And I'm like, by nine o'clock in the morning, they would have dealt with at least four bodily fluids. Two kids yeah. will be in a fight. Somebody won't have turned up at all. Someone probably hasn't had breakfast. Somebody's lost something. Someone's crying. There is at least one communicable disease in the classroom. Uh, <laughs> nobody cares about Fabian's reading level. Buy him a better book. If you're that worried go down the library and get in Wordsworth, <laughs> you know, but it's good. So when you spend yeah. the time the respect I have you yeah. guys is phenomenal anyway, but what you've all done in the last year, you know, to keep it all going and the morale of the kids as well, you know, not just the education, which I'm, I think I'm less concerned about, but the way, you know, all the teachers from my kids, I know all the teachers, they really kind of to keep kids positive and not scared and not so I I'll, I'll get it much, but I think you're amazing. Yeah,
0: I oh. think that's I think that's one thing, you know, uh, Lee's a teacher, I'm a te- teaching assistant. Um, So like we, we try and like speak for the whole profession, but it's like what you say, it was kind of like, we had to learn on the spot or yeah. especially teachers had to learn on the spot with the online stuff. It was all dropped on us on the latest to notice, then teaching assistants for having the vulnerable and key workers. It was all just absolutely manic, but like you said, hopefully in time there'll be a, a newfound respect for oh, I hope school so. staff. Yeah. Um, and don't say ever use the it. phrase
3: "just a teaching assistant." Do not ever use that phrase because teaching assistants are the backbone spine of every classroom I have ever yeah. been to. So I, I never talk about teachers; I talk about educators because teachers, TAs, librarians, you know, administrators—every cog in a school machine is so so vital. And I just yeah, I, I'm in awe of you guys. I really really am. Did I
0: say that? Did I, did I say I'm, I'm just a teacher? assistant
3: i hope uh, that's what i heard but i yeah. have quite a lot of waxy build up. i think i, I usually, think you said
2: i think you said I mean, just a small town teaching assistant
3: <laughs> <laughs> living in a map cuckoo world
0: yeah. that's <laughs> I, I usually say i'm i'm a really you know, handsome teaching assistant. Maybe I just got my words mixed up. I can't remember. Maybe
3: I, maybe I heard it wrong. Well, we'll know We'll know when you play this back, won't you? Yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to anticipate I'll be the one looking stupid. So <laughs> we will. he's Mr. Book. You can identify a cuckoo. I've just completely belittled your career. So we're all even now. Let's move on. Then. Right,
2: there we go. We're, we're on an even scale now. But yeah, um, it's lovely to hear you say those things. And I think you probably echo most normal people's reaction to our profession. <laughs> Uh, What's frustrating is they're not the ones that get put in the newspapers. Or on
3: Twitter. (laughs) Or Or on Twitter.
2: Or, you know. (laughs)
3: with any questions it? it's the idiots you get the voice it's the idiots who get the microphone and actually the perfectly happy people stay quiet because yeah for some reason anger and hatred has to shout whereas yeah. contentment is quite happy to sit there quietly and go that was really nice and I it's made me really conscious as a parent actually to you know because obviously things happen with schools and you do have to get involved sometimes as a parent and say that. don't think that quite went as well as yeah, you might yeah. but a it's taught me a lot about how to couch those conversations and going in all guns blazing because I also I wasn't there whatever happened I wasn't there the teacher yeah. was I've just had my kids you know pretty one-sided view of what happened so sure, <laughs> we listen to the adult who was in the room first before we go shouting um but also to make sure I really praise as well if I'm yeah, the parent yeah. who originally goes that I don't think that went very well I also want to be the parent that goes Well done, that was fantastic, and I really appreciate what you did with and for my child. I think as parents, we forget that it's it's important to be very vocal with our praise, you know, as it is is in your profession. You know, you can't just tell the kids off, can you? You've got to encourage. (laughs) important to say well done and thank you because at the end yeah. of the day as we all learn from homeschooling you have our kids for six and a half hours a day if for no other reason I'm just, we should be really grateful I'm
0: just thinking of the, the the well done and thank yous it's like that thing Lee where it's like you know have you, have you done your date yet and it's like yeah I've done it well done <laughs> thanks <laughs> like that that kind of well done and thank you
2: yeah <laughs> Good time. So you're you've got a new book coming out, The Exploding Life of Scarlet Fife.
3: Certainly do. Yes, I do. Came out on May the 13th, and it's, it's exciting because it's my first. Um, sort of venturing into I, I don't really like age banding books particularly yeah. when dealing with kids because yeah. I don't think it's about age necessarily it's about what you want to read and, and what yeah. you're comfortable reading so it's you know nominally for the six to nine age group but I don't really think it's that it's more about if for kids who find big chapter books quite daunting um for whatever reason for kids who like illustrated books my first illustrated book illustrated by the brilliant Chris Jevons Maz Evans Chris Jevons love what <laughs> has done with that um I'm spotting Chris a pattern
2: is, uh, with the rhyme
3: yeah i was clearly yeah i i literally have one trick and that's it even my illustrators have to rhyme um yeah yeah so was that was that, and, was that was
2: that whether they could draw or not no didn't we, just matter, had to
3: it was... find. we tried someone called Blevins he wasn't any good he was no. a blumber. uh we tried someone called Devins but unfortunately he was a, a serial killer um so Chris <laughs> Jevons fortunately Quinton
2: Blake was willing to do it and you were like mm.
3: Sorry, what are you going to do? I can't, yeah. It, yeah. I can't so, <laughs> change your
2: name um... <laughs> to Blevins.
3: Blue- <laughs> <Red and laughs> you change your name to Blevins. Then yeah. maybe we can. Then maybe your people can talk. But I'm sorry, yeah. it's not not going to happen. Um. So yeah. So it's my first sort of illustrated um series. It will be a series. Uh, there are at least three of them coming your way, All of which I've written because I wrote them all last year. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, they're coming out. So it uh, stars a little girl called Scarlet, who is a year five girl who um, has, as as a lot of us do, has big feelings, as she describes. And she says she's 136 centimetres tall, but her feelings are at least 137 centimetres because they (laughs) don't always fit inside her. Um, And uh, each book deals with a different feeling. And this one's all about anger. And Scarlet, like again many of us do, has a bit of temper on her and it keeps sort of getting her into trouble. And when, through an unfortunate incident, the class hamster ends up up the local vicar's trousers, uh, she's crossed <laughs> the line and mum gives her the speech that is, if you lose your temper one more time, uh, you are losing your trip to super mega awesome sicky fun world, like the world's best theme park and we, we ain't going if you lose temper. So Scarlet... Um, that's what I understand. Which is, well, what I have to do then is kind of squash my feelings down so I don't feel them anymore and they don't cause me any problems. But as I say, feelings are like farts, they are going to find their way out one way or another. The question <laughs> is, how do you get them out without causing everyone too much distress? Um, and
2: <laughs> I so, love that uh, feelings are like farts,
3: yeah, feelings are like farts. There's
2: so many <laughs> other ways you, you know, and then sometimes when those feelings come out. A little bit of shit. Don't
3: don't other yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Your <laughs> feelings, your feelings oh, stink. stink. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but Scarlet discovers the more she tries to squash these feelings down, yeah, the more they start to physically manifest around her. So things literally start exploding. So it. It could be her teacher's smoothie or the shepherd's pie in the school canteen, and in one memorable instant, the large pile of elephant dung at the wildlife park on, on her class trip. So uh, she has them, the, the series is about healthy emotional management. Then the feelings are good and they're healthy, and we have to have them. You know, anger's important; keeps us safe. But there's a way of getting it out there and dealing with it that is not, you know, just kind of shouting and screaming at people. So um, yes, hopefully uh, it's it's some fun on the way, and it deals with her big extended family and friends. Yeah. Um, their story.
2: yeah. No, that sounds sure amazing. And 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 sort of the inspiration behind it. I mean when when was this book written was this book one of the six was this something yes, you decided needed to needed to be done once lockdown hit because obviously in schools at the minute and when we came back to schools there was obviously a lot of discussion and a lot of um sort of work done around, you know, feelings and, and um, yeah, yeah, well-being yeah. And, and how it's been affected by... Our
3: mental health and yeah. yes, all of those important things and well I- i'd love to say yes i really saw a need in the public and i am as <laughs> decided to f- f- fill it no complete dumb chance actually uh with the a- series was already signed before the coronavirus pandemic but i'm glad it's been timely because i wanted to write a book a lot of kids literature deals with big issues and things that sit outside of normal experiences yeah, I mean, yeah so I don't know like normal, but things that sit you know the idea is to open children's eyes to things that are perhaps outside of their lived experiences and yeah. that is so important it's a vital you know with Ellie and who let the gods out, I wanted to make children think about young carers and what they're going through at home. Uh, And that's an extraordinary experience that most children won't have. But with this series, I wanted to focus on something that children do experience all of the time, which is your feelings that can trip them up and and cause them trouble in in various ways. And so I wanted to write something that very much sat within every child's experience. They've all lost their temper. The second book's about worrying and anxiety. The third book's about sadness and grief. Um, so you know normal day-to-day things (laughs) I'm making it sound really fun. so the first was about anger the second was about being really worried the third was about you know losing someone really uplifting
2: positive really
3: uplifting positive stuff so yeah be angry be worried but I hope it's done you know in a framework that is funny and and gentle and not preachy because I can't stand being preached at and I can't stand as an author but um yeah I just wanted to do something that will be relatable i hope for a lot yeah, of yeah. and parents too i learned a lot about anger management through kind of doing the research and the people i spoke to for the book so and um, but the other inspiration for it was about i have two daughters and yeah. they have very big feelings as as young ladies and young gentlemen but particularly at the end of primary school yeah, <laughs> when yeah. year six and we saw, it's like an episode of eastenders on the way back every day hearing what went on in the playground i mean and you did this to millie and millie did this to lily and lily did this and she said this but then she WhatsApped it, and then, but I didn't WhatsApp her back because I used an emoji because I didn't want it. I'm like, oh my lord, I can't keep up with it all. So one uh, one way
2: highway to migraine, isn't it? Speaking to a (laughs) young girl, it's just you. Almost what I say, like, is it really that? (laughs) It's <laughs> Sometimes, my but you'd, like, you'd prefer the fart.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah, the fart would cause less trouble, and you <laughs> open a window, and it's gone. Yeah. Um, uh, with the school dramas, and of course, all the phones now. I mean, they come, oh. comes home, and I'm very strict with my kids about mobile phone and groups and things, because I see nothing but trouble. And yeah. so, whereas before, you know, if you had a lousy day at school, to come and shut the door and regroup, because now it just comes home, and everyone's pinging yeah, each yeah. other. It's really difficult for kids like us. They're always on. And yeah. um, how you marshal that a lot as teachers, as well, I cannot <laughs> begin to imagine. It, it,
2: it's a nightmare because the schools have to pick up the pieces when we make it clear they're not old enough. Yes. So, the thing that frustrates me the most is it's like we can do as much as we want around age guidelines and how they shouldn't no. be on it. The parents will ignore that. But then, as soon as there's an issue, it's the school's responsibility to pick it up, and you just got sort of going. Well, at what point,
4: yeah.
2: you know, I, 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 I'll probably <laughs> end up getting getting um, a load of grief from it. But it, it, it is—it's so frustrating because it's the same with mine. Like, it's not that difficult with mine now. They've got—they've got like my boys are on the switch and they're playing Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter will, you know, be on her iPad watching stuff. But it, it's two clicks of a button to put a time limit on it.
4: Yeah, And then it's yeah. like they,
2: they get an hour, an hour and a half, and whatever really, it is, shuts off. Exactly. They know that's all the time they get. It. But it's almost as if some parents can't say no. To them,
3: no, and of course, but lockdown has skewed all of this as well. well because I yeah. had much stricter rules around screen time before. But you know, when we were sitting here in January, it's chucking it down with rain. They've been mm. staring at a screen all day. We can't go anywhere. I've got to work because I haven't yeah. done any I was guilty going, yeah, God, knock yourselves out, because it was the yeah. only time I could get. So, but trying to realign those boundaries but lockdown. Yeah. And- Prohibit the things like that, but it's also. I think parents must remember you can just say no; that's <laughs> still allowed. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's. Or well, limit big... certain apps. Limit <laughs>
2: certain apps. You don't. You know, the children well, can have access, but
3: they're not. They're not supposed to be on them anyway. So, well, I mean, yeah. Not supposed to be on them. Until they're thirteen or sixteen. So I just point to it on my computer because if if they say you can't go on it till thirteen, that's probably it. in the same way I'm not going to let you in a car till you're seventeen or yeah, let yeah. you alcohol till you're eighteen or you know
0: it's 12. like when you hear like five-year-olds and and you're saying about like oh what you've been doing and, and a few of them are still into peppa pig and then a few of them are playing gta
3: it's just <laughs> like, <laughs> what what was well, that? I, well it's really interesting you say that because when i come into schools and i do story work with schools and with kids i you get a sense of what the references are at yeah. home because obviously kind of kids are quite often obviously cleave to the things that they know I with a year two and he referenced gta and i was like how and another one referenced freddy Krueger, i was like how do you know and his whole story was the story of nightmare on elm street i'm like you're six who has let yeah. you watch that and i'd like to say i don't judge but i totally judge that like, why are you doing? Also, do you want sleep do you want your child to sleep the night for your <laughs> own sake why would you do that but yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my
0: friend who works in my friend who works in my wife's school, a school I used to work at, told me when I saw her recently that a child, I think in year three, was like wafting loads of paper on the floor. And she said, What are you doing? And the kid went, I'm up in the strip club, like seven <laughs> years of age, was like <laughs> I'd have but, been like, which one were you at, bro? <laughs>
2: amazing amazing talking (laughs) of nightmare on elm street though we managed we actually going back a few years our nana who features on the podcast we were staying with her up in wales she used to live in wales and she used to take us to blockbuster every friday whenever we were staying there and we managed to duper into getting us nightmare on elm street to watch we were only about 10 12 something like that and i think we, we convinced her it was a comedy and she was like, oh, go on then. And then we were absolutely petrified watching it. <laughs> do you remember, Adam?
0: I do? I do. Well, yeah, because I'm four years younger
2: than you. So if you were 10, I was six. <laughs> I might have been a bit older, I might have been about 12. But yeah, uh, great times.
3: I did the same with my grandparents. So my grandparents let me do anything. They yeah, always, yeah. I was the eldest and I was the I was the clear favourite, which I mean they were quite right because my brothers are rubbish. So uh, <laughs> you know they're good. Taste. But I did the same with I think it was Shirley Valentine, which is an odd thing for an eleven year old to watch, but then I was and I was going, go, oh is that fifteen, like yeah. But then it had sex in it and it had her getting naked in it, and I was sitting there with my grandparents <laughs> watching her take yeah. on so it kiss me stretch marks. I was like, oh no. <laughs> i mean mark.
2: it's it's bad enough I'm watching
3: watching,
2: watching a film like that with your parents where you know yeah, you're a young teenager exactly. and, and some sort of like when we we were watching game of thrones with my stepson when it was out oh. and and stuff like that was quite i could imagine how uncomfortable it was for for him but when it when it's your grandparents
3: oh man it's, it was it was horrific it was absolutely I, horrific actually i just thing. i watched titanic with my daughter uh on the weekend and we had the steamy car moment and yeah it was in my mind, and it was like they're doing it they're doing it they're doing, doing, doing it and you're watching it with your mom super gross and she's like yeah. oh,
4: mom,
0: yeah. i've never really i've never really told this story but i feel like it's right Plum for this section there's a film that came out in 1998 i think and it was called starship troopers you'll remember it later. yeah you remember starship
4: troopers, oh, yeah. oh yeah yeah so.
0: absolutely legendary at 18 i would have been around about nine at the time and it was classic it was nana maureen in, in wales and i rented it and then i watched it and there was a full-on like naked sex scene in that film and it was like I was sat there, and obviously I was mortified. But my nana, she's well into her films, was not she, Lee? So she was mm. just sat, whereas I was on the couch, and <laughs> things were happening. Was, <laughs> and I, I was, I was. I've never been so scared. I was enjoying the film so much, and Nana Maury must have wondered why I took every pillow off the couch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're in. things you don't want to happen in front of your dad exactly no. yeah
2: my i remember i remember we sleep. we um i went on a holiday with my grandma um i used to go away with her quite a lot so this is my our so this is like our dad's mum. and um we were staying somewhere and it was absolutely pelting it down so we had nothing to do and it was way before you had phones or social media so again we found like a local video shop and i managed to get american pie
3: oh yeah and
2: um i just started watching it on my own in my room or oh, i was downstairs of course and then did.
3: Of course you did you did no uh, and then like she walked he did an american pie
2: yeah she she literally <laughs> walked in at the pie bit she was like so do you, do you want anything do you want? and then just looked at the tv where is on a pie? Did you have? Did you have? I should have a turn and gone. Like? I'll, I'll have a pie, Grandma. If that's. Yeah,
3: you got the apple pie now.
0: Did you have a sock on like Jim did at the start? No, no. <laughs> Uh, what would you like, Lee? Warm apple pie. Can
3: I just, can I just say this is quite unlike any other educational podcast I've I've ever been on. It is truly, truly unique. I've, these are conversations I've never had before. So thank you, thank you. Oh, we'll Jen. take that
2: as a compliment. Yeah. But, but can
3: we, <laughs> Looking at you on the screen, you're talking about blockbusters and films that came out in '89. And I wouldn't, that puts you near my age, which I would not put either of you anywhere near. So, whatever Nana Maureen is feeding you in her caravan, she did a good job, boys, because it's, you oh, know.
0: Well, welcome lovely. to the two yeah. Mr. P's where we openly admit getting <laughs> getting <laughs> random naked films, accidentally watching them with our nans
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, great stuff all oh, right so um i'm sure plenty of teachers and parents will know you best from your who let the gods out series um i mean just the day a teacher was uh telling us they were doing it with their class it's quite powerful i think they're really really popular with um with schools aren't they the who let the Gods. where where did the or what were you looking to sort of achieve with that series of books where did the inspiration for those come from well
3: i was right write is is a combination of something I love and something I know so um the thing that I love is Greek mythology and particularly when you're writing your first series it makes sense to draw from a well that you know pretty well so I I, I you know <laughs> I was super popular in school massive nerdy geek who loved Greek mythology you imagine what a hot day I was oh let's talk about Odysseus you know really really hot stuff uh so um but I did kind of classics all through university I my mean, and it's just something I've always loved So I kind of felt confident with a body of knowledge about it. And then um, it was also something I know, which is caring for someone with dementia, which actually my Nan, the Shirley Valentine Nan, God bless her, my grandma, um, she had a very long, very long, drawn out uh, demise from dementia. And uh, so her husband, my grandfather, and when i was older than elliot but when i was about 19 i was at university i actually moved in with them for a bit because they were just at that point they weren't quite somewhere else but you know things were not going well at home they just needed someone there just to you know make sure they were okay uh and so i did and just kind of that experience of watching somebody that you love and you know both my grandparents are really sparky intelligent Fun people and kind of watching them just kind of drift away from themselves is yeah. something that stayed me a lot. And uh, I, I would not class myself as a young carer because like I was I was an adult at the time. But it just when as the more I wanted kind of a hero, a real hero for my my series, I thought, what well, you know, what's more heroic than that? Frankly, as a child, you know, caring. Yeah or an adult who really needs you. So I mean, it was this weird, and you can imagine the pitch. I, I've already pitched my other series to you as about being really angry, really worried, and really sad, and it's <laughs> hilarious. So you can imagine the pitch of this. So um, it's about this boy whose mom has early onset dementia, and he goes on adventures with the Greek gods, and it's like super funny. And you can yeah. imagine, I'm like, all yeah, right, <laughs> <Junk> on. <laughs> you see, see your mouth. Um, <laughs> fortunately, Chicken House had the, you know, sort of insanity to kind of take it on and, and see uh, see something in it thank goodness And uh, yes. so did
2: it get sent to a few publishers before
3: oh yeah oh yeah. god <laughs> every publisher in town turned down who let the girls out twice in fact because really? I actually put it out some years before um, and nobody would touch couldn't even get an agent nobody wanted it as I regularly remind my now agent who was one of the ones who turned it down um, and I went away <laughs> and I self-published yeah I would literally bring it up every email hi thanks from the author that You turned out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually in pretty much all the acknowledgements so I've thought thanks Veronique uh, for turning me down but then ultimately taking me um, <laughs> but I then went away and I self-published it uh, originally Who Let the Gods Out and I went around schools running creative writing workshops right. and was selling books off the back of that and then actually ended up selling quite a lot and then got got the deal with Chicken House but no it was not the hottest ticket in town <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination either time but fortunately so, I picked up the
2: so what year was it Published the the first Uh,
3: 2017. Finally, that was the first two leatherclads out, and the last one came out 2019. So they're like every six months. Yeah, Uh, and yeah, but it had a really long journey. And I first wrote it in 2010. So 2009, actually. So it was a oh, a long, busy journey between those two points. But I'm extremely stubborn and won't take no for an answer. So I think basically just did it to shut me up in the end. Of <laughs> <laughs> Not going fine, away. Fine, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm the publishing equivalent of coronavirus. That's <laughs> what I am. Is I just keep coming in waves until you know, and everyone tries to keep me away, but I just I just yeah. come up with a new variant and I just keep coming. <laughs> suddenly, keep
0: coming. suddenly, suddenly, every agent and publisher self-isolating. Sorry, ma'am.
3: Yes, about- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm shielding, I'm shielding from your books and from
2: you. Please, yeah. you know. so oh. um, got there in the end. Yeah, it's an it, amazing story to tell, isn't it? To say, you know, and a, a great lesson for a lot of young upcoming writers themselves. I mean, it's very, very popular in schools for the schools who try and link books to certain yes, topics, topics, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, which doesn't always go, well. and, and to be fair, before, that book, there wasn't really, unless you were going to do sort of a child's version of, you know, um, Homer's Odyssey or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, there wasn't really anything for a Greek topic. And it's
3: Jackson, but I mean, if you want a good book. No, I'm joking. Oh. Shade. Oh. Like, throwing I've never read it, So I actually never read it. So I don't know. So I'm sorry. I'm, be, I'm being naughty. There's
0: smoke know. coming through my laptop. It was such
2: a burn. <laughs> <laughs> cool that down.
3: ice for that. I'm yeah. sure Rick Biden with his like 20 million sales, is really upset. You know, he's like, yeah. Why would you wound me like this, Mouse? Like I'm gonna wipe myself down with a fifty dollar bill. You know, I think you'll probably be all right.
2: Because I was going to ask, were you aware of that at all, or was it just again purely coincidental?
3: No, no not at all. I didn't have kids at that age when I first read that, yeah. so I didn't really know. I wasn't. Children's literature wasn't something that that was really relevant to my life at that time and and to be honest I'd love to say it was part of a brilliant career strategy Uh, but again a total accident Uh, and I thought schools wouldn't go for it because it's a bit farty and silly and and rude in places but no thank god and I mean it's one of the reasons I'm so indebted to educators because I was very lucky at who let the gods out was like Waterstones children's book of the month which is the big deal in publishing so that got it off to a really good start but it still sells as well now as it as it did like the first year it came out because gorgeous educators kind of keep coming back to it and, and it you know comes around every year. So long yeah. but may the wheels remain on that wagon. Can but...
0: I just can I just say when you said gorgeous educators there, you smiledly like she was talking exactly to you. <laughs> I swear to you, you were like, "Thank you, thank you." Behalf- <laughs> I'll take this one on behalf
3: as
2: of chief, all the good- gorgeous
3: yeah. educator. On behalf of us all, thank you, thank
2: It you. means a lot. It means a lot. I mean, it, it, it's spot on though, because uh, uh, you know, one of our biggest challenges in schools as teachers is trying to instil that love of reading in 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 our young people, and that challenge is getting harder and harder each year. So, you know, get when you are doing certain topics, having books that you can use, it just is a great way of, you know, promoting that read it, reading for pleasure. So I did think whether you were then going to go down the route of just getting the curriculum and being like, right, stone age. I need a book. Hell yeah.
3: yeah? Oh, yeah. I've got Vi, Vi and Scarlet, I've gone off. But I will certainly, I, I can't say too much, but certainly there are other, other topics I would like uh, to cover. Because I obviously it's smart business sense but actually the topics are there for a reason because they cover some really cool stuff so yeah um, and yeah. I love mythology I love all mythology.
2: although I, I'm gutted with this current curriculum that there's no explicit link to the Tudors because the Tudors were always my favorite oh, yeah, I like all
3: the and all that good stuff I think that, yeah. the, the thing with the reading for pleasure I mean we're really and I would say this but we're really in a golden age of children's middle grade literature. I mean, there is so much good stuff. We talk a lot about the celebrity stuff and some of it's good and some of it's not. And yes, it gets kids reading or not, that that well-worn debate. But just taking that off the table, there's Mm. just so much great stuff out there. And I mean, from what I've seen, the best thing a teacher can do to promote reading for pleasure uh, in their classroom, strangely enough, is read for pleasure. And the schools or the classes where the teachers read um you know children's books it becomes like this really lovely bond between the two because they you know they compare books and they recommend things oh have you if you like this have you tried this and yeah. the classes that have teachers that are reading the contemporary you know kind of relevant because it's a lot of yeah you know, there's a lot of older books now aren't there that are either just irrelevant for children or actually quite problematic with the yeah. way that they you know approach <laughs> a lot of things and, yeah you know, <laughs> exclusively written by white middle-class people. So yeah. yeah, I've come from that viewpoint. Um, And there's so much now that's so much more inclusive and so yeah. much more diverse you know, But in terms of author, in terms of subject matter, in terms of form, there's some amazing poetry and nonfiction. And I always, you know, when I go in and I see, you know, goodnight, Mr. Tom being done again, then you go, it's a lovely book, well done, good job. But, you know, have you done Emma Carroll's books? Yeah. You know, touch on World War II? Have you looked at, you know, The Midnight Guardians by Ross Montgomery? Have you looked at When the Sky Falls by Phil eld These are all incredible World War II books that yeah. I think speak to, to modern children a little a little more.
2: And I have to say, I think like uh, teachers are getting better at I th- I think majority of teachers now are, because I always talk about on my training about being that role model. So even if you're not a teacher that reads a lot yourself or you have yeah. the time to because with a lot of teachers it's more about finding the time to read it it's it just it's just fake you know fake it till you make it just make it out yeah. to the children that you absolutely adore reading it means you know and when continue- you're and yeah just yeah,
3: have books there set yeah and center in your classroom and just have it literally at the heart of, of yeah. what you do and that is I, I mean I see such obviously I tend to see the the schools that are engaged with reading because obviously that I wouldn't be there if they weren't. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I kind of get yeah. the best representative sample. But even within that, there's there's a big difference. And the schools that really put reading at the heart of everything, there's just a lovely vibe around the place mm. and, and they're achieving well. And it's just, you know, it really is the key to everything, isn't it? Because yeah, even absolutely. if you don't like reading books, you're yeah. gonna to have to read your other subjects. So yeah, yeah. you know, you, you know it, you know, good readers will find maths easier. They will find science easier. They will find everything easier. So it's, yeah. Yeah, when it's the heart and soul of a school, I noticed that makes a huge difference to everything else.
2: But like you say, having a much wider choice of books, I think that's again to big up the current generation of teachers. I think we're a lot better than yeah. previous ones. I mean, there was there was a time where it was like roll Dahl or nothing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it was yeah. Like yeah. it's like some schools would do the BFG in year three, and then you do the BFG in year four. And then you do the twits, you know, whereas now it tends, you might do one roll doll book, but then you get in a vast, you know, range yeah, of different, and, and like you say, there's so many other books out there as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and by, you know, authors who come from a lot of different experiences, and that's yeah. really important because, you know, school communities aren't homogenised. They're not all, you know, white middle-class children, says the white middle-class author. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's so important to model to children, you know. The kind of, my, my thing is, I like going to schools because I can see, like, I look, like their mum so yeah. kind of i'm not pretty i mean, i'm just going to come to shock to you boys but i'm not young and pretty and special and well no. you know i no. literally are you surely don't think you look to... like the sister <laughs> 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 i swear, you're now my favorite am, i'm <laughs> number one baby <laughs> <laughs> um but i you know i kind of i i like to model that but i think it's really important you know because i know all the visits are a big ticket item and I think it's really important because most schools can only have one a year, if that. Yeah, you know, have a look, I'm doing myself out of work here, but have a look around at who really reflects your school community or who will bring something new to your school community, perhaps a yeah. perspective that they don't have and they wouldn't know that an author and their books can bring because I think that's, that's so powerful, and that's in terms of obviously you know ethnicity and religion, but also you know ability. There are some incredible kind of disabled, neurodivergent authors who just will make your kids are so spongy. I mean, they'll take all this stuff in, and they're kind and they're you know empathic. And if you put someone in front of them, that will have a huge impact. I think so. Oh, know, I've,
2: I've... I, honestly, anyone that comes in to the school who isn't a teacher, the children <laughs> just. Just learn 10 times more. It it is like you can say to a child, uh, you know, you should really read this book. It's great. But if anyone else came into school and said, read this, they'd be like, yeah, I'll read it.
3: With editing work you know teachers obviously say all the time go back and edit your work and he's like oh, whatever and I go you know the most the thing I spend the most time doing I spend a month writing a month planning a month writing and six to nine months editing and they go wow editing okay that sounds like a really good idea and you just see a teacher <laughs> kind of slamming their head against the door yeah. frame. <laughs> you know you, you do have that it's like being a parent isn't it If anyone else comes in your house it's, oh yeah yeah it's fascinating so you know I, I try to kind of redress the karma by being that person when i come into schools but then we are you know publishing is not there yet there is a lot more you know inclusivity and diversifying that needs to happen and needs to happen quickly but it, it's a lot better than it was and absolutely something i hope schools will really use it to, to their advantage and to their community's advantages
1: Hello, I'm Tom, and I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is... Oh, thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This
3: is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What great podcast.
1: Shepi Korsander, you're too kind. The podcast is it's called... It's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends? Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. With our SNP microarray technology, we can unlock the secrets hidden in your dog's genetic code. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com today to get free shipping and save on your dog DNA test. That's EmbarkVet.com.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so obviously used to going into a lot of schools and doing those sort of writing workshops, um, chomping at the bit to get doing it again? Is it something you've chomping missed a at lot?
3: The bit. Yes, if I'm honest, yes and no, because a great school visit is incredible and you connect with your readers and the teachers are great and you have a really good fun day. (laughs) But then there's the other sort, which are mercifully rare, but um, I I had done so many. I was quite keen to have a bit of a break and be at home again, like with the kids. You can have too much home. So yes, I am raring (laughs) to get back out. So I've been double jabbed. uh, And hopefully from September, all things going well, I'm I'm taking bookings now to go back out there. So it's just that connection with your readers and with schools. so good to me that i really love to try and get out there and kind of work with them and, uh, and do what I can to support the fantastic work you're all doing. So yeah, it would be really nice to be with some real people that I did not give birth to. (laughs) No.
2: <laughs> have you had any uh have you had any sort of uh nightmare schools that you've been to obviously not naming names but
3: oh yeah oh Long have you got? If you get a group of authors together, and I always think the collective noun for a group of authors should be a hangover. So, if you get <laughs> a hangover of authors together, that within two seconds we'll be exchanging like school visit war stories. So, uh, there was the one where they were convinced I was the geography supply teacher and <laughs> actually took me to go and teach a club, And I kept saying, I'm not who you think I am. I'm really not who you think. Like, oh, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. And I got there. <laughs> that was brilliant. There was the one that seemed astonished that having traveled for four and a half hours on a train that they'd picked me up from uh, to come and do their workshop to 250 children, it came as a massive surprise to them. And, and they were very annoyed, perhaps understandably so. I hadn't brought 250 pencils with me for them <laughs> to access the workshop. And they said, you know, we, they said, but well, we've paid you to supply everything that you need for a workshop. <laughs> and I was like... Obviously, I'll reflect long and hard on my offering, but no, it's not standard that I carry 250 pencils. But also, I'm going to go crazy. You are a school, so I'm going to guess that Not far from here, there are 250 writing implements. So that was brilliant. There's You'd be one-
2: surprised with the current budgets. Well,
3: You'd I can be believe surprised. that. I can believe that. But I, can I just say very publicly, part of my offering is not supplying 250 pencils for your schools. I'm really sorry. Was, was that?
0: Was that? Did, did you? Did you? Was that like available for the school to know? Did the school know that you weren't providing? Because I, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm with the school on this <laughs> one. Do
3: you know what the funniest thing was? That this was a really expensive private school. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Some poor school that didn't have the budget of a pencil. Like, really, you didn't bring pencils for our children. It's like <laughs> I'm sitting in a carpeted <laughs> hall with going pictures of their ancestors all around the I've had to drive up and drive for five minutes to get to the building, and they turn around and turn with like, a pencils. The scariest thing, and I will say this, as I have as I have teachers' ears. If you have an author or any visitor to your school, please can you be aware how absolutely terrifying staff rooms are to a visitor? Because the worst thing is when you go and you sit in there and everybody just ignores you.
0: What was it like like on the uh, What was it like on the pencil day at a posh school? Was it like? (laughs) Can you you believe that that Miss Evans she.
3: Can you she didn't believe that? Didn't bring in, not even one pencil. Oh, pencils, and she's clearly a surf. Look at the way she's dressed. You know, go polish the silver and the to make a mess. She needs to teach geography. This upset the teacher so much. I kid, this is not a word of an embellishment. This upset the teacher so much, this pencil awfulness, that I'd not traveled for four hours with 250 pencils. Um, so she stood up and she went, uh, right. Children, uh, I don't know who she is. I don't know what she's here to do. But she didn't bring the pencils, so I'm going to have to go and find them.
2: <laughs> it sounds like they got they've got you mixed up with the company HB. Like you were you were supposed to be coming with a delivery. T- they didn't even book you for the writing workshops. They booked no. you for pencils. <laughs>
3: Pencils and they're really disappointed when they're trying to try inspire their children to story write. Um, uh, I have had some very bad teacher behavior in classes as well. I, I'm afraid teachers are really bad for talking whilst you're trying to talk, and yeah. it, it just it makes me laugh because you know. And I, I just call it out I say, What's the punishment system here, kids? What do you get if you <laughs> make a bad choice? It's like, Oh, you lose a dojo or you go on the thinking spot, blah blah blah. I say, Miss and miss. My dojos down and go on the thinking spot and reflect on respect for the uh, for the talker because I can't hear myself. <laughs> you, also, anything you want to share with the class?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where are the
0: pencils?
3: <laughs> <laughs> this is- if you just brought the pencils. We wouldn't be talking about where to find them from yeah. in a middle-aged. Yeah, uh, you could so- take
0: dojos off me if you'd have brought the pencils. <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: No, I was going to say what you've got to learn about teachers is we are just massive hypocrites like we will. Yeah, yeah, we will say to the children, do not speak to your partner. But then if you get a chance to speak to a colleague, wherever you are, assembly. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to it's going to happen
3: the other thing I love is I quite often I'm asked to do teacher workshops to kind of you know teach teachers how to teach creative writing in their classes and two things always make me laugh so I have a class of teachers I you know physically but and these days virtually and one thing yeah they're all talking and they're on the phones and I have to tell them off for that but then when at the end of the class I say right who's going to come up and share their work
2: no one all the time
3: (laughs) all the time they will not come up and share their work and I honestly just do you remember this feeling when you hold yeah, yeah. you know, whoever it is up to the front of the class, that actually is really quite terrifying sharing your work. So
2: true, yeah. But also
3: teachers' stories are absolutely filthy. So I love doing teacher in set days because I mean, well, we were talking about, you know, your experience with Starship Troopers. I mean, that's nothing compared to what I get in a creative writing class. Hey,
2: the you want to hear season. some of the confessions we got on this podcast. <laughs> Trust me. But yeah, I get that. So, so I, um, I work part time in my school, and I do a similar sort of thing where I go around schools doing training for teachers, looking at sort of yeah, using okay. technology. And it's exactly the same. They're either talking; no one ever sits at the front. Do you get that? No, no, no.
3: They no sit on at have... the back. Always sit at the back. Yeah, don't come. To this is
2: front. what I was saying. Like I, I, think we were all right, still going in schools because staff would already socially distant because they'd sit <laughs> as far away from you in the fear <laughs> that, that you would.
3: So they not yeah.
2: come anywhere near you. So, yeah, you're quite safe. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, but yeah, I've been in a few schools where you walk in the staff room and straight away you just get that feeling where you're like, yeah. it's not right here. The, the, the I know atmosphere. now from
3: talking to um whoever it is at the office, I know what kind of day I'm gonna have. I, yeah. I just from a greeting. It, there is no way to and those people are heroes. You know what your front office people deal with. Yeah. I mean they are they are the they are the Roman shields in front yeah. of the school, are they? There. So I understand why some of them are fairly disillusioned by the time they've been like screamed and yelled at 50 million times before 8:30 in the morning. But I know when I turn up from that individual what the vibe of the school is. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. When you get really friendly, like, oh hi, Mazi! Great to see you. Oh, okay, it's <laughs> gonna be a
0: nice day. When you get the, <gasps> yeah, oh, okay. I love what the, or the school that you arrived to. Like, hey, it's Matt Evans. I'm here to do the writing workshop. Oi, the geography and the uh, geography teacher <laughs> there. <today." laughs> <laughs> really Doesn't like she's got any pencils.
2: So uh, let's go back to your school days then. What were you like when you were at school? I mean, you sort of mentioned it before. You said you were a little bit of a, a little bit of a, what do you say? Was it a geek? You said? Geek. Yeah. Mega
3: geek. Absolutely. But did you enjoy oh school? God. I loved it actually because I was a big spotty geek so yeah yeah, I did um never had any dinner money but you know that was fine kept me slim um but (laughs) I um I I, I did I enjoyed school I was having a chat with my 10 year old just got back before we got on here and I said I said do you not like school and she went what kid likes school and I went well, I did. and She was like, "You're weird." Yeah. <laughs> um, but I got naughty. I got. I was. I was fine till like, I discovered two things that have basically been the ruin of me throughout my adult life. And one was writing, and the other was boys. And once both of those things became available to me, then you know, that was the end of the geeky. That was the end of reading Greek mythology in my break times. So Let we'll me tell you that for free. Uh, but now, <laughs> two
0: different types of pencils. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was about to say something so dirty it would have ended my career on the spot. So I'm very glad. I'm <laughs> <healthy>. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I was, I had really good teachers and I went to really good schools and I was pretty. Really, you know, they grabbed hold pretty quickly that you know English and writing were my thing so I was kind of always encouraged in that so I don't kind of have school horror stories because I mean obviously there's, there's just school there's bullies and there's horrible teachers and there's all of that stuff but actually I emerged sort of fairly unscathed from my school time and, and I enjoyed it and I, I think it's why I have a real sort of passion and enthusiasm for education generally because I know I was really privileged with my education both in the type of education I had but the type of teachers I had and the opportunities that has given me yeah. and you know it's it I, I don't want to condescend or patronize but I really feel a kind of impetus to kind of you know own that privilege and try and do, and try and you know do something good yeah, yeah. with it. Whatever I can to try and kind of inspire the same kind of love for learning that I have in people, yeah. and not in a sort of horrible you know, posh saviour way. I hope, but just the kind of I know that not I know from going around schools, not every kid gets the blessing of you know great teachers and great yeah. schooling. When I go into those schools that are really sad it's, my heart just breaks for them because yeah. I've, I've just been to 110 minutes down the road where they're super happy and there's a schools have a vibe don't they they just oh have yeah, yeah. An energy and it's I, always, I sense it as soon as I walk in the door and and it comes from the top it comes from you guys and when you've got teachers who are having a laugh and having a bit of bounce and you know engaging with their kids in a fun way and there are boundaries but there's but it's not you know blowing a whistle and making you, you know, jump to it. It's kind of, you just get happy kids who are in a receptive place to learn. And Absolutely.
2: Yeah. The yeah. atmosphere is, I think, is so, so important in a school. You get that yeah. right. And I always say, you know, with, with teachers and sort of leadership, you know, for it comes right from the top comes from the the SLT the leadership in a lot of schools and you know they've got to create an environment because I always say a head teacher's job they don't worry about the kids they their job is to look after the people who look after the kids and if you can get people who feel valued and appreciated they always go they always do more than what is expected so and you know, teachers think- you
3: so much anyway you know your job is so I mean teaching's the last of it isn't it really by yeah, the time yeah. you've done the counselling and the and the disciplining and the yeah. safeguarding and the you know inspiring and, and everything else you have to do that when you get and I really I really like it when I'm in a school when a head teacher or a member of the SLT will bother to come to one of the sessions and see what I'm doing and, and yeah. see what what they can get from it and what the kids are taking from it. And just I, I really not not, not narcissistic look at me but just in the kind of i'm really i'm really glad they're invested in it. just getting
2: keep in touch with what's going on uh, exactly yeah Yeah, i always say that whenever i do any training with the school uh if the head teacher doesn't sit in on the training i always go away thinking it won't have as much impact I just well, think I have
3: the same with. I've had lots of occasions I'm talking about. But I'm talking about the bad experiences. I've had far more good ones. Let oh, me yeah. picking yeah, like, yeah. out like the, the five bad ones. Most of them are lovely. But when I have teachers who say to me, um, "Right, I'm just going to nip out, leave you to do this." Two this I actually let my DBS slide so that teachers couldn't do that anymore because I have to say to them, "Hey, I don't know the needs of your pupils. I don't know. Yeah. What yeah. Is but also, don't you want to learn what I'm yeah. trying to teach? Because then you can teach it and you yeah. can kind of." And I just think it, it says to the kids, this isn't worth my time. So yeah, yeah. it sends yeah. a message, it's not worth yours really either. And that always makes me very sad. I think a school's paid, you know, several hundred quid to have me in there and the teacher wouldn't want to try and get learn. any benefit from that. Oh, we, so.
2: I, I love it when an author comes. I learn, I learn more than the kids. I, I've had, we've had a couple of authors come in and do so. Who have you had? Who have you had? Who have I had? Who have we had? Yeah. Um, one of my favourites was... Uh, a guy called Alan Gibbons. Yeah. Yeah. He was quite, he was great. Loved, loved yeah. having him in. Um, yeah, yeah. Cause he actually went round classes doing, doing writing workshops. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. lot of the others that we've had, um, Oh, his name's gone. Who is the guy who does this, the tree house one where it's like the 40 um, second? Yeah. So,
3: oh, Andy, Oh my brain! I'm exactly in the 13th story treehouse.
2: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That, that's sounds weird.
2: sounds bad. I can't remember his, his name. It's um, must have had a
0: real it, good impact. About no, Lee no, he was one of those features who went. Hey, mate, good luck. Can't stay for this one. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say. I
3: remember the name of my book, so I feel flattered now You remember my name at all. It's <laughs> so... classic. No, classic
2: what it was league. was I was having a chat with a colleague at the back, just catching up while he was talking. <laughs> so when he introduced himself, <laughs> I was were just...
3: out, You were out looking for the pencils. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. can't yeah. be all over everything, can you? And then there was this yeah. one I'm author. I'm there's perfect. this
2: one author who brought, um because we, we're a big 2 men school, 500 ch- children. And brought five hundred stationary sets. So there was pencils, there was pens. I'm only joking. I'm only joking.
4: Really. <laughs> Thank you. I gloved it. You absolutely
0: <laughs> swipe. Yeah. Um, I was thinking like, damn, <laughs> this this <laughs> is interview's I getting think, awkward. Just, how the hell does he afford
3: that and the royalties we get for a on book? <laughs>
0: I can't believe I didn't pick up that he was riding you up. I was sat here thinking,
3: what
4: a great guy, <laughs> Brought A bottle
2: of wine for all the teachers. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm only joking, I'm only joking. So is, um, so is England, uh, England, English, um, England, I'm getting in, it's because Adam's got his top on there. Um, I'm looking
3: at
2: it. Yeah, it's coming home.
3: It's coming on home, on. it's coming <laughs> on. Oh Lord, I can't oh I'm so excited I can't Do you get do you get
2: carried away with it? Do you let it
3: I yeah. do. I get really. My family's quite worried, actually. They were quite happy when it was, was. I'll tell you how carried away I get with it. Last, I was supposed to get married last year, and that's like my holiday, still has not been able to happen. Um, I actually moved on wedding date because it would have been one of the England games.
4: Gotta be <laughs> done. Gotta well, well,
3: be done. hates football. He's a rugby man. He hates football. I said, I'm not get married on the day of an England game. He You won't see me after seven o'clock. Said, yeah, because. <laughs> because I actually moved to my wedding.
2: People wouldn't be were paying attention to the ceremony. They'd be watching at
3: this point, I'm like, all, it'd be like doing a teacher's inset training. They'll all be on their phone and chatting, yeah. and, you know.
2: Even though, no, even, no, like, yeah! <laughs> even though,
0: even though white dress, dress. <laughs> white dress, you could have snuck a three lions on there and had a little bit of a kit.
3: Now, I, I don't want to be indelicate, dear gentlemen, but. I wouldn't be getting married in a white dress. So that, that, would, that would be, wouldn't be an issue. Uh, Awake it then.
2: Awake it, blue.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so <laughs> now, what,
2: what I was going to ask there was, was English your favourite subject at school?
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I literally have had one job Ever. Uh, and I was pr- pretty hopeless that a lot of the rest of it, but yeah, English was, was I've always been a voracious reader. And I mean, what you said about teachers not having time to read, I have exactly the same problem. I mean, I, this isn't going to go over well on a podcast, but for your benefit, that's my current TBR that I am showing you in the corner of my room. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't even begin to tell you how many books I have to read. But it's the other thing is when I've spent all day writing <laughs> I don't particularly kind of want to always spend my free time reading because mm. even though it's very good for me I just probably think I'm old I need to rest my eyes for a bit so I just want to go and do something that is not book related for a little while. You life. should listen to uh, a, and- a
0: fantastic comedy podcast by these two brothers. Uh, the two <laughs> the thing three- is, I
3: heard that their ornithology is really bad though and they're basically <laughs> bird calls and it's put me right up. also some of the content frankly is massively unsuitable so I'm <laughs> back to the back, but no I'm I'm just gonna go back to my pencil making business it's, and, it, you one,
2: you're one of the few guests who's actually listened to the podcast
3: <laughs> <laughs> I did I listened to Jenny Pearson she was great
2: yeah she was good she was good fun yeah um and what was it about English then was it was it the t- teacher or just the stories you fell in love all with? My,
3: all my best teachers were English teachers, so it's yeah. probably no coincidence. And they were all very kind of nurturing. And I was, I was, I was a massive reader because like I can say really popular geeky girl. Uh, so when you when you don't have friends, you know you have a lot of time to read. Now. I was massively popular as well, of course. But um, <laughs> are you about to
2: break my heart then? When you said that, you're like when you don't have any friends, you turn to a book. I was like, oh. <laughs>
0: I know. To be fair, that hurt me as well. I was going to forgive you for the pencils,
3: but like, thanks for finding that so totally believable. Thanks, boys. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, she looks like a type. You can
0: tell. You, you like, tell. You her... tell the
2: story well. You tell all the story her, well. All
3: our friends have two. There was ideas. real
0: pain there. There was <laughs> real pain. <laughs> Just,
3: just to point I do make up stuff for a living just to uh, yeah. I probably should have pointed that out at the beginning but I'm as one child put it very brilliantly you're a professional liar which I rather liked that's kind of true. um but yeah just loved reading loved writing have always written all of my jobs prior to becoming an author I literally have had one job I was a journalist I'm mean, a script writer I'm mean, a copywriter I mean everything has to do with writing and yeah she yeah. often asked me what what um what would you be doing if, you know, you hadn't become an author? And my answer is usually I'd be in prison. I mean, nothing else worked <laughs> out. Or so well, you'd actually wear a light
0: like, dress to your wedding. Life anyway.
3: of crime. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been very good at that. So, um, you know, I would have just stolen 250 pencils from, you know, the shop down the road to try and, you know, get yeah. across. And, yeah, it just wouldn't have worked out well for me. So thank goodness, yeah, the cards dealt, dealt out this way.
2: Well, it sounds like you were very driven to do it anyway. Rejection was never going to stop you. Getting where you wanted just, to be.
3: I did. I mean, let's say the man I'm marrying didn't. I wasn't taking no for an answer for him. You know, I was. I was told I couldn't have children. I wasn't taking no for an answer with that. I'm. Mean, you know, I'm a 42 year old woman. I don't take no for an answer over anything now. I'm a Karen. I'm grumpy as all hell, and I'm not taking. I'm not taking no for an answer for anything. But I just. I really believed in who let the gods out, and I to the point of delusion, perhaps. But I was, and this is weird, and this sounds really woo-woo, but this is not me being a professional liar. I had this image of me at the Hay Festival, where I'd never been, by the way, um, launching my book at the Hay Festival. I had this visceral image in my head of me standing on the stage at the Hay Festival, reading my book. And I just, I was so convinced that was going to happen. I'm sure I just made it happen. And where did I launch Who Let the Gods Out? At the Hay Festival. Written in the stars. I i'm really glad i'm really glad, I'm that. Really
0: glad it, it that story finished with the hay festival because it would have been super weird if you'd have been like had oh, this vision
3: and then where did i launch it in Waterstones in Brighton? <laughs> Down a was, i was actually invited to the hay festival i literally just q barged in and you know pushed you know jk rowling out the way and still on the stage but still the dream kitchen no i did not um <laughs> but it's very weird so yes i'm very driven very driven
2: I think one of the most impressive things there is that you actually admitted that you are a Karen. That is the rarest form of Karen is someone who accepts.
3: But, but, fa- but doesn't that, <laughs> that preclude me from being a Karen? The fact that it, I have that self-awareness, presumably is I can't yeah, possibly
2: be a Karen. The level so. of self-awareness is so rare in a Karen. It's It's... <laughs> Almost. Yeah. <laughs> the first <laughs> sign, the first sign of recovering from being a Karen
0: is admitting you're a <laughs> Karen. <laughs>
3: I, was, I was out with my kids uh, over half term, and we went to a restaurant, and I can't remember what happened. Like, something that someone was really, the, the waiter was really, really rude, and I, got, I said I made some, you know, slightly sarcastic comment when I was paying the bill, kind of like, oh, tip. No, I don't. Have that's day or something all my kids just went Karen <laughs> Karen I'm like oh okay for that entitlement then, yeah so I get called out on it all the time but I'm not a Karen I am a Karen no. what makes me less of a Karen whichever one it is that
2: yeah yeah I don't, I don't think you are I don't no, I don't, I don't
1: no. think that I appreciate that
2: no so um <laughs> what uh what would you say what was your biggest flex at, at school at like primary school so you know the things that we did at primary school that we used to absolutely adore and it still happens now whether it's you know it might be representing the football or the sports team or just sitting on the benches at the back of assembly. What was your thing at school that you wanted to do more than anything else? Was there anything like that when you were at school?
3: Obviously, Greek mythology, you know, like I say, drew everybody to me in a big way. But it's, oh, this is so, oh, my God, this is so geeky. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a classical musician. So oh. I was a pianist and a cellist. And that I was you were a, a what? Cellist, what? Sorry? You know, I was a pianist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so is Adam. So is Adam. A massive one. A, a massive,
0: massive. Pianist. Yeah. enormous pianist. Has has a massive.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, I was, yeah, I, I was a music scholar I did, I did classical piano.
2: Do you know what though? That a, that that is a big flex. So did you get to go out of lessons to do that?
3: Uh, so I got to go out of school to do it because I was Whoa. quite good. At it. So I was, yeah. But then, so my poor parents, I, like you know, burnt the furniture to give me classical piano lessons. I got to eighteen. I went, yeah, see ya. <laughs> Never touch it. <laughs> I actually, I got this for my fortieth birthday. There's a piano in the back of my office that you can see, and I think I think I played it twice. <laughs> so really? it's, they must have really pleased. They have invested, you still got it? Like, have you still have got?
0: Have you still got it, or is it just like the EastEnders theme? <laughs>
3: It's, it's not quite as advanced as that. If Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star features heavily on EastEnders, then yes. Um, but, well, actually, it is funny. Genuinely, when I sat down to play 20 years after I'd lost play, it is sort of still there. It's a bit messy, yeah, yeah. but... You do get kind of a muscle memory for these things. You do it. So yeah, as well as being a, a classical Greek mythologist, I was a pianist. So, like I say, I mean, try and get a date with Teenage Maz on a Saturday night. but <laughs> I was booked <laughs> up like Hamilton. I was <laughs> astonished. So, you know, queuing around the block for the geeky book loving pianist who could quote the Iliad at you. That's Amazing.
2: Incredible. What a what a catch. What a catch when you're oh, 15, gosh. 16. <laughs> And uh, uh, did you ever did you ever get to perform? Did you used to like yeah. perform in assemblies and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
2: we I'm normally sure. have that. We have like a, a a specialist music teacher who comes in and he'll take groups out during the day to do uh, to do, and then we have a big concert at the end of the year where they come in and play.
3: No, I did lots of that. And it was probably quite oddly useful preparation for this because I do a lot of performing now and it taught me to deal with nerves because I get very, very nervous before I do something. And, you know, getting up and playing an instrument, particularly the piano, because there's no one else playing with you. So, you know, you stuff it up, you are totally on your own so I never realized what a big aspect of being an author performance is and it is as a children's author because you know given that you know we are lucky to make 36 pence per sale of our book you know we need to do a lot of events in order to actually you know buy pencils to give to private schools <laughs> so we uh, you know you, you kind of have to perform a lot and and I think it's a slightly it worries me in children's publishing a little bit because there's now kind of a vibe if you're not a great performer some publishers will be a little reticent to take you on. And it's like, well, our job isn't performing. Our job is writing. Yeah, our job is really books. You know, they're being able to... But, and with the author visits, it's interesting. Yeah, I've visited hundreds of schools now. And quite often, you come in the wake of, like, a big name author. You know, even bigger than me. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, and... They're quite disappointed because they have discovered that the qualities that make someone really good at sitting in a room on their own for several months, making stuff up, do not necessarily lend themselves to standing on a stage in front of 500 primary school children and engaging them for 45 minutes. So they're very surprised when this person turns up. They're just a quite mousy, quiet person who likes sitting in a room by themselves. And the kids are like, oh, yeah, whatever. So it's, but it's, we should be good at that. That's our thing. But there's quite a, a, well, I won't say quite, I mean, there's a big pressure on children's authors now, non-celebrity children's authors who have to, let's call them proper children's authors, uh, who have to kind of, you know, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune and dance around and, you know, do all of that stuff as well.
2: So what you're saying there is there are some big names who just cannot hack it on oh, stage.
3: All, no, can't hack on stage at all. Um, the, so what and, we're going to
2: need here is we're going to need names.
3: Yeah, <laughs> gonna name. gonna, yeah I, you couldn't name the author who came to your school, so don't put the spotlight on me, Tonto, <laughs> because just, that just ain't going to happen. Um, it's so I
2: don't but, book them in the future. Well, it's, it's, yeah,
3: we'll talk offline. We'll market talk offline research. Offline. Well, I can, bleep
2: I can bleep it. I can bleep it.
3: Bleep, 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 bleep. But I do say to schools, do you, t- you know, you have your weird, dark educator networks that terrify the living bejamas out of all of us. you try to think what was being said about all of us on them. But do check with other schools, you know, because they might yeah. say, yeah, we paid a lot of money for so and so. But actually, they didn't engage the children because, you know, authors just want to talk about their books. That's not necessarily engaging to children. So, you know, do do ask around other schools. Yeah do you think
0: do you think anyone asked that posh school and they were like what was that awful like and they went yeah, she was she was quite good, but uh, don't expect us to bring. Don't expect stationary.
3: pencils. Don't don't make the same mistake we did. She's yeah. stationary free. I repeat, stationary free. So yeah, I'm not sure that school's left with a great impression. But yeah, neither was I. Um, but yeah, ask around because it's tragic when schools have like one author visit a year or every two years or what? Or they fundraise or what have you, and they're just yeah. Horrible disappointed with the person that they've got there's no no reflection on the author but as you know trying to keep the attention of you know 30 primary school kids who would rather be doing anything other than listening to you uh, it's like trying to educate room full of teachers it's impossible yeah
2: (laughs) it's a challenge and I mean you've you've touched upon a couple of times there about the sort of celebrity author side of things is that something that I mean I mean how do you feel about that is it some you know
3: Happy for them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tricky thing because I am really caught between the argument that, yes, anything that gets a child reading is good, right? But yeah, there yeah. is an argument that Mars bars get children eating, but would we want them doing that all of the time? You know, it's kind of... I, there are some celebrity authors who are really good at it, and they were writers before, and it's their thing, and, of course, they're going to do it. But I think what two things frustrate those of us... Well, apart from just sheer... Um, you know, unbridled jealousy. And yeah. uh, the two things that kind of uh, rankle with us all is one, they don't engage with the school community like no. we all try to. You know, they don't. They won't come on your podcast. They won't talk to you. Each- I reply to every single letter, every tweet, every email I get from the education community, and I go into schools. I try and do as many free visits I can because I'm aware that not every school has the budget for an author, and I don't want money to be a barrier to kids, you know, learning ever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and i'm and loads of authors do all of that stuff. So they don't engage with the school community. They don't engage with art. Or- author community but i would bet you you give any book any book the exposure that these celebrity authors get and they become instant bestsellers because if you're going to be on radio 2 the one show bbc breakfast I mean, of course you're going to sell books of course you are so there's so little pr for books it just gets gobbled up and what really oh you've oh, you got me on i'm carrying <laughs> out of the building here go she go is
0: on. there she oh, is come on. Good <laughs> night, Matthew. I'm going to be a real Karen.
3: A real Karen. the real problem is um, <laughs> the fact that when authors, when celebrities don't admit they didn't actually write the book, and that's the one that really gets us all because acknowledge a ghostwriter who did write your book, but also don't, Deceive everybody, you yeah. know. And some authors they're very honest about the fact that they they didn't write the book and they just put their name to it or they just contributed ideas. But others, you know, <laughs> they're the worst kept secrets in children's publishing about the authors who don't actually write their books, um, but make a lot of money as a kind of you know icon of children's publishing. And I think those of us who literally <laughs> sweat blood into yeah. find that difficult. So, but but I'm not a kind of celebrity author, you know, unilateral hater because you know they do they have brought a lot of children to reading I just hope that having read some of those books they've got an adult in their world who will then say "I really like that okay you're really going to enjoy so and so and and maybe give them a go and I know I benefit from a lot of that from the education community yeah yeah I just hope that happens so they're not just trying one sort of book
2: and again I suppose it sort of uh, further shows how well you've done to be able to you know be as popular and and uh, you know like you say you've won those awards with um with your books given the current market and how much weight and sort of exposure is given to the celebrity side of things so for for you to be where you are and the achievements that you've you've had it it, is you know sort of even you're my
3: favorite and I don't really know why I doubted you Um, (laughs) Sorry, Adam. It was lovely while well, it lasted, but yeah. Yeah. Whatever, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to write a letter of complaint about you. Just so you know. Oh, that's very kind. I mean, I, do, I I'm a very. I, I, I'm not sure I'm a success story, but I'm, I'm very fortunate to have. Had yeah. A lot of the sales that I have, and but honestly, a lot of it has come from going round and round schools, and schools yeah. really. You know, supporting me, and I hope you are trying to support them. And you know, I've had some. That's that's great. one thing I will
2: say about schools is they are very loyal. Like oh, teachers, yeah. are a very loyal bunch. Like we've yeah. we know that from the support we get with this podcast. It, it's it's unbelievable. I think you know the 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 success we've had from this podcast. So much of it is down to the community that we've been able to create uh, yeah. of, of mainly school staff and teachers who are incredibly loyal. And
3: let um, get beaten from every side you've got the government on one end and you've got parents on the other side and I just think you know it's it's really important as I said at the start to just acknowledge the enormous social good that that you do and you are doing and it's you know, and, and I, I'm not saying it for, for props. I mean, I genuinely believe it because I do spend so much time in schools. this, yeah. And people don't understand. They need to understand what actually goes on in a yeah. school day. And um, I've always, as I've always admired teachers, never more so than, than the past year. But I think also when teachers, you're, you're busy people, if they find something that works, you know you, you're going to come back to it maybe they won't do who let the gods out every year but they might do it every two or three years and as, as yeah. an author that's what you want because your all your publicity comes when your book comes out actually the massive value in people coming back to your books you know in, yeah. in two three ten years down the line that's what keeps me in business so you know I'm, I'm so so grateful for it
2: and on that point then if you were to wake up one morning and find yourself sort of education secretary uh Replacing our good friend Gavlar, who that's again just
3: a great job, has
2: I mean, uh, you, you never well, you thought my face on could... the
3: podcast. Sorry, just to be very clear, I was pulling a very, very sarcastic face. <laughs> just,
2: no, no, but it. like you, you, I never thought anyone would eclipse Gove. To be honest, uh, I, thought, done,
3: I mean, that's quite impressive, isn't quite it? Quite the I achievement. Mean, really, isn't it? That's like I'm afraid Hillary Clinton losing to Trump. It's like in terms of epic fails to yeah. actually be that person. I just, I just, I think what would really help him is if he actually ever went into a school ever, uh, <laughs> or or maybe spoke to a teacher ever. And oh, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Gavin, but you know maybe that would help a bit. And I just, I, I, I do look at the news like it's a comedy novel sometimes, oh, like it's a parody, you know, yeah. like what just so what?
0: Scheme, yeah no, but
3: for me but when I am when I am made education secretary because let's honest, I'm determined to do it so it will not <laughs> happen eventually um I would ban pretty much all formal assessments yeah I don't see how you can pigeonhole a child I think it's a nonsense and I think there are so many other ways also exams don't replicate anything that you meet in, in adult life <laughs> when do you yeah. ever sit see- In a room for 90 minutes with a clock uh, being told to write stuff. It just doesn't happen. So I don't think that any sort of preparation. I think the problem is then education becomes about passing exams rather than educating children and people being able to go at their own pace and access things in their own way. I would um, give uh, teachers salaries equivalent to doctors because you literally save lives so you should be remunerated in the same way um I would insist on um libraries and librarians in every single school in the whole country uh it is a legal requirement to have a library in a prison it is not one presently to have one in a school and I find that astonishing um and I I probably would do something about the food as well (laughs) because I know great strides have been made but there are only so many lukewarm jacket potatoes I can eat in one lifetime, and I'm totally topped out. So, but obviously I'm a Karen, so I demand a better one. You nothing about. Uh, okay, nothing i dinner, ladies. Nothing about
0: say, budget for uh, stationery. No. <laughs> Uh,
3: Surprise. Surprise. No, <laughs> no, because authors are going to bring their own pencils yeah, yeah. like they should to each school visit so i don't need to add the stationary budget because the authors are bringing them in so obviously, when, i hope it goes without saying that all schools would actually have you know the money they need to do their job but sorry yeah. i thought that was so simple like it's a given that but, yeah of course it's not a given at all is it so yeah, yeah. so when you're in
0: and you get you get given a lunch i presume is it you normally is it do you go for just a typical jacket potato with filling yeah oh
3: yeah 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 and nope. it's although the
0: burger pizza day per, burger day do you not get given the options
3: well, sometimes I have to pay for it, which I understand. I'm a, you know, I'm a guest in the schools, so I no, I have sometimes I have to. You pay
2: for it, for it with that. pencils. <laughs> i have got a sharpener and a ruler. Well, that get We're me a jacket potato. potato.
3: <laughs> pencils, the potatoes. You're not gonna, you're not gonna feed our children's minds. We're not gonna feed your body. <laughs> Karen. Asking, um, asking the head chef, head cook, head cook,
0: to take card,
3: <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> chip and pen. <laughs> And also, <laughs> you're not getting a tip for this. You know, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah. Can you there there are a few more ferocious people in a school though than than the than the catering staff? I mean, I'm often you know in a hall, and obviously the hall needs to be used for lunchtime. And I am if they say I need to be out by 11.30, i I'm out 11.28. I am never oh, yeah, yeah. and across
1: you don't you with him. But ever. if you get them on
2: side, and I, I know this firsthand hand and if you were to see my full body, you'd, you'd realise. You get the school dinner staff on side, they will take care of you.
3: Chips for life. Chips oh. for life. They see your pretty blue eyes. and you Two gotta, of everything.
2: Like, two of everything, sometimes chips. three.
3: <laughs> two, two jacket potatoes with whatever filling you want. And a yeah. and coffee yoghurt. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: that like
4: sounded...
2: You know this, sounded. You know. <laughs> I get as many warm apple pies than i <laughs> <inside. laughs> <laughs> do you know what though what you were saying there i'm just nodding along i think you should run for it i think
3: Thanks, forget
2: yeah. yeah forget you've written six books that'll do you now for the next couple of years
3: written, excuse me i've written
2: 10 books <laughs> oh 10 books sorry
3: i know you don't know the title of half of them but no, no, i I said you've got s- number. You, no, said you said before six.
2: you wrote six in lockdown
3: in the last year and yeah yeah
2: three. So,
3: oh my God, he doesn't do birds. You basic math. Six six on this hand and four on this is ten.
2: Yeah, no, but what I was saying was you've, you said you... How many have you written during lockdown? <laughs>
3: six.
2: Six, that's what I was saying. You've written six during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, somebody needs to go and watch American Pie and go and just
2: <laughs> no 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 I'm, the, the point I'm making is that that's <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be okay for the next year or so so just become so an I MP could, in that time so I could just go set. to
3: public office yeah I mean, that's a good idea I mean let's be honest I can't do a worse job so um yeah. you know I might, might as well have a crack at it but it uh, genuinely on an unusually serious note it drives me insane the lack of value that we put both financially, but just generally on schools and teachers, because I mean, what more important job is there? For God's sake, you're educating yeah. our young, you're building future adults, and to uh, do what's been—I've watched, you know, school budgets desecrate over the yeah. years. I've been active, and it's interesting. I the schools that tend to book me are there's the, the the pencilless private schools, but also a lot of schools. A lot of schools I go to, I'm paid for by pupil premium money. Yeah. Um, or if there's a school that's got a very you know very proactive PTA it's very rare I go to a school that can afford an author visit out of core budget because like you say it is pencils and it's but I'm 100 books you know and I would never advocate having me over 100 books in your school. Yeah. so you know it's and it is, I have to charge I have you know, I have to earn a crust but it's it's crazy the value that we do but actually you shouldn't have to pay all of that you know we should no. be part of the deal with you and, yeah. and it drives me insane and I it will do does. That tremendously. I will get my Karen out for for schools I will Karen for you so hard
2: yeah. you have no idea you're right though is and and the impact an author visit can have as well is is huge and it's just so frustrating that budgets are the way they are where we can't provide those opportunities because it's you know that uh, author v- visits but it affects everything residential school trips yeah, of course. Of course. and it's just so so frustrating because we live in a world now where we've got So many amazing opportunities that we could provide to our children, yet we're not given the the budget well, one that, of the things trust... that
3: always breaks my heart is whenever i go to one of these big rarefied private schools one of my conditions is i want them to make the event accessible to any local schools who want to come so that you because mm. they quite often have a big hall or whatever so that other yeah. kids can access it but as you know, the logistics of moving kids from a to b are a nightmare at the best of times but schools don't have in one private school i went to was brilliant actually they just took their fleet of mini buses and they went out to the schools and they shipped kids in for my event so that the yeah yeah the local schools could benefit. One thing I will say on that budget though, one thing. So coronavirus obviously has done so much awfulness, but I think there are some things that we will keep out of it. All of us the useful. Virtual parents evenings. How oh. good are those? Oh, Amazing. game changer. But actually, because authors who tend to be a fairly technophobic bunch is, as a rule, one thing we've all gotten bored with is this kind of virtual um visit kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. something I offered before. So you can actually get an author, you know, on a virtual visit. Now now we're all used to this we're all used to talking to each other on screen so it's not so weird anymore for a fraction of the cost it will get you to get somebody in so i know it's not the same as having one living breathing walking around the school but actually for schools that you know have got a, a budget push there is now i think a bit more of an economy option which is you yeah. can get and you know he'll do a zoom and it'll be tens of pounds you know rather than hundreds of pounds and yeah yeah a really good thing and it's something I'm going to absolutely keep in my offering because it's made me very aware that schools that could not afford for me to come come I can still come and talk to their class and, and engage with them and I think that's that's been a you know a positive that's come out of
2: this yeah time. I don't think it'll ever same with me with my training like I'm doing a lot of it virtually and I still think being there in person you can't beat it can't, but then yeah. there are positives there are positives like if I'm doing a you know if I'm doing a zoom training session You know, with a school, then you're not having to do the traveling side of things. I can normally get up, get to the gym, and back before it starts. So,
3: the gym, the gym, i.e., you can wake up half an hour later, wang down a, you know, a baby. Did I
2: say gym or the gin?
0: Either or. (laughs) Either or. I know, yeah. <laughs> translation. I can get up and wear no pants for the. Yeah, Zoom that's thing. exactly
3: where I was going. Is, <laughs> that's like, it. Is it. My my um thing with all my publicists now. I'm like, is this a lipstick and a bra event? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gallery, you have to wear lipstick and a bra. That's now my kind of. You know, <laughs> bra, bra. And you'll be pleased to know, boys, you are a lipstick and a bra occasion. So that's well. what I've done you today even though it's a
0: damn no, no,
3: seriously you do not want to see my karen's on screen or, screen or any other way
0: so
3: uh, I, I do think it's something it is a good thing and, and there are new ways and i agree it's not not the same as, it, as an in-person thing but as a you know a, a compromise that it gets your kids to engage and, and talk with an author i think we'll all, we'll all be keeping it as part of our offering
2: and it gives you opportunity to reach more people sh- surely as well that's yeah it. so but
3: also it takes the pressure of book buying off schools which is always something i i, I feel kind of a bit uncomfortable at, at schools because i don't like it when you've got sort of the queue of kids you've got the money and then the kids who can't and i i yeah. hate it i think mean, with virtual visits it's just they can go off and buy the book you know quietly in their own time and it sort of takes all that dynamic out don't we need to sell books you know school visits are a massive you know i've sold probably as many books you know at schools as i have through the tills uh, but I don't like it when there's a pressure on kids or they're seeing some you know, queue up and get their moment, and it, you know, so it kind of takes that dynamic out of it as well. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah. you know, that, that's a helpful thing too.
2: Brilliant. Right, we're going to wrap it up. Last question, and we ask all our guests this one. Um, so, if you had a time machine and you could travel back uh, and speak to your ten-year-old self, what advice would you give them?
3: Uh, invest in more pencils, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, put the Greek mythology book down if you want to date the football captain, Maz, because you know it's not a big pulling point. Um, uh, <laughs> I think it would just be it happens dude don't don't stress it you get there you go a very long way around it but you do get to where you want to go and and you're better for it so you know I you said about the determination thing something I always say in my school visits and something I want all kids to understand is in this life you can get all the no that you want there's no upper limit on the amount of no you can receive but you just need one yes and that can unlock your life and it did for me um but it's it took me 37 years to get it so you know it's kind of don't worry and I spent so much I'm fretting it would never happen and I said if I didn't have a book published by I was 40 I was going to give up and la, 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 la. And I wish I'd sort of just uh, at 10 years old it would be nice to know just enjoy it enjoy the ride because yeah you, know, you yeah. get to where you want to go in the end
2: oh how I met my
3: wife
0: <laughs> many knows just the one, yes. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like
3: my career. It's just basically, yeah, my marriage, everything. It's like, I just keep, I just wear people down until they bend. That was that was Adam.
2: Way. That was Adam in a nightclub.
3: <laughs> oh bless you! Is he is he punching above his weight? Did he do Did he do well?
2: Uh, you no comment. To,
3: you have to say yes. This is just. I'm throwing shade at my, my wife
0: now. as well. My God. <laughs>
2: What I will did, say, I did, what I will did, say did, is well. not a patch on my wife. That's what I'm gonna say.
3: Oh somebody <laughs> doesn't know.
4: Get
2: me some brownie points for once, Adam.
3: I'm going to say, Christmas round yours is going to be dead orcs now. <laughs> oh, I'm going I'm
0: to put I'm gonna put Starship Troopers on and make you all watch.
3: <laughs> no apple pie for you on a family. Yeah, yeah. No apple pie
2: for you. Uh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed oh, that. It's been great to speak to you. Thank you so much for and, having um, me. Yeah. So, where can everyone find you if people are listening, interested in one of your author visits, finding your books? Where? That's
3: so- my non-narcissistic website is www.maz.world. Wow. <laughs> so you just have to go to Maz uh, and there's information there and you can get in touch with me. And I'm trying to stay away from social media at the moment whilst I write books, but I'm at Mary Alice Evans. Uh, and I'm, off. I'm on there on Fridays. That's my new thing. I just do Twitter on Fridays. So
2: when, uh, when people I- go to your website, does that song play?
3: Of your well, what song?
2: As oh, well, you need to be right. What's that song that went to number one? Yeah, it's Dad all loved it. A familiar,
0: familiar
2: face.
3: Do you know what? Fun fact for you. So that lovely cheery song was number one the first time I got married. So that probably should have told me a great deal about what it was. It's you could very you could remix married.
0: it there. All around me are celebrity <laughs> authors. They no don't write pencils. them.
3: They I don't, don't write words. them. <laughs> Stretch box.
2: I go to school and don't bring any pencils. Jacket <laughs> As potato.
3: <well>. As <laughs> yeah. Jacket potato again.
0: <laughs> I'm not teaching geography. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All I'm saying is a piano in the back. There's a piano in the background. <laughs> get it recorded. Get it on the website. Happy Please, days. Please take
3: over branding. Brilliant, boys. Oh, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Oh, thank really.
2: you. Best of luck with the new book. I'm sure it'll be another smash hit.
3: Oh, you're very kind and I hope we get to have a have, <laughs> have an apple pie together and some <laughs> <it. laughs> point. No
0: means no. Uh...
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're now. looking for the yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, thank you so much.
3: Huge pleasure, guys. Thank you Cheers. so much.
1: Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. With our SNP microarray technology, we can unlock the secrets hidden in your dog's genetic code. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com today to get free shipping and save on your dog DNA test. That's EmbarkVet.com.